You're listening to Good As Hell. I'm John Rutherford. And I'm Rick Hampton. And that's how you know there's only two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a compliment professional, John. You are. You've got it. I, you've got I it. Sh- you know what? I should have gone, I'm Rick Hampton. And oh, we could have just lo- left loads of dead air for ages. Should we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> First time every time. So uh, we were going to record on, um, when were we going to record? on? Was it Sunday uh, evening? No, Thursday last week. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, the fucking days were all rolling into each other. They're just all the same day now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we were going to record then and you uh, pied us off and then sent us pictures of you in the pub uh, with a guy we went to school with like yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. I got absolutely annihilated. You talk me through that? Um, Jordan lives in Penge, which is just down the road. Peng. Uh, in Penge. Penge. He lives in Peng. Um, How do you spell it? P-E-N-G-E. <laughs> That's not a real place. Yeah, it's, it's you never uh, had a Penge. I, no, I feel like I feel like the time I heard um, I heard uh, who's that radio radio one DJ Zane Lowe. Someone yeah. uh, someone uh, phoned in and told him you know did the spiel and then said that they were from Cheddar and he lost his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, "That's not a real place name. Are you joking me?" Um, You've always yeah, reminded me of that. Zane Lowe. Have I? Your mixed, yeah, That's your mixed horrible. heritage could definitely Thanks. pass as Mal Mayoran or whatever it is really? Kiwi. Yeah, mm. no. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you could actually. You could definitely like go over there and they'd think that you were like at least part Get some Pacific Islander. Yeah, hmm. I like the uh, tribal. I like the tribal shit. Like, I like the yeah. I like the like Samoan. Mm. You obviously, I can't get it. Polynesian. Yeah, you can get anything you that... want, mate. You look like a you look like a skinny Charles Bronson. I mean, obviously, the dream is for me to get. Um, Complete, uh, ironically, get (laughs) Tom Hanks in the film Philadelphia. Um, (laughs) I mean, obviously, the dream is for me to get a full spread of white power tattoos, ironically. (laughs) I always, did you ever watch something ironic, ironic racist tattoos? Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course I watched something again. Okay, and do you remember when Henry Rollins was in it? And, yeah. And uh, he had a t- what tattoo did he have on his chest? Here's the swastika right there. You could see it. No, better than that. He had the big tattoo that went across his tits. Yeah. And it said, I kill boo. And I always. End yeah. bomb. End bomb. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Christ. And I always imagine going into the tattoo artist and being like, yeah, I've got an idea for a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, if you if you roll in those circles, then there are there are you know there are people within your community that. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of prison tattoos are done in prison. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I met with Jordan um, Harper, who um, I don't know why I need to give his second name. Um, anyone who listens to this knows who Jordan is, and if they don't, they don't care. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So. so like obviously like we knew him at school and stuff like that and then like i'd see him every few years but then he was when i um moved back to herne hill when i moved to herne hill um to move in the pub nice you brought a dinosaur nick's not even here to appreciate the no. fact that it has or has not got lips has the dinosaur model got lips so yeah this is this is the boys it has not got lips 
It hasn't got lips. No. So is it's that right? Or not? A, well, we don't know. I mean, the also, jury is still out. Also, it looks a little gentle, but then they've stuck the big raptor kind of fucking toe claws on it. And it looks thing. like he's stepping in a real cur- two really curled out turds. This is yeah. visual and doesn't work in our medium, but yeah, fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. And so when he moved to Brick, when I moved to Hern Hill, he was living in Brixton, so we'd see each other like you know, a couple of times a year, yeah. and then we were all out at Stu's wedding. So ah, uh, of course. Know, been, How was it? A renaissance. What's Stu's wedding? Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. It was really good. Oh, yeah, amazing. It was really good. Yeah, the um, it was good. in the uh, tropical island of San Tropical Island, Greek island of um, Santorini. Of... <laughs> what is that Santa... bit you used? What's the bit you used to do about the tropical island of the tropical island of Incommunicado? Yeah, when I just stopped talking. Yeah, but then it was an actual place. It was an idea that you could have a like a weekend with your mates where you'd all go somewhere and there would be no contact with the outside world and you'd do a Katie Wallace and um, smoke one J, not inhale it. And then everyone would be talking too much. <laughs> oh man. She was amazing last week. Uh, Is she coming back on this week? Have you I haven't invited her. I think it should oh. just be, it should just be organic. Spontaneity. You can't have mum calling like Pat in um, the Alan Partridge film. From prison every week, mate. I'm getting a delicious wine from your uh, tumble dryer. Oh shit! Can you hear my oh or washing machine yeah. on, on the spin oh, cycle? It's in another room. How can you? Yeah. How can you hear it? Like the road is turned down as much as possible. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it seems to have died off now. Anyway, yeah, it's for the minute, and it's going to go absolutely fucking berserk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I went down the pub with George. Yeah. Um, he's all right. He's got two kids. Has he? Yeah, him. He's got a girlfriend. They're not even engaged, actually. Called Di, um, who is from Yorkshire. She's bit Irish. Hello, my name is Di, and I'm here as to in, say as... <laughs> I'm repping Yorkshire in a major way. <laughs> as in, as in Diane, or as in Diane, as yeah. in Dirty Diana. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's nice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yes, yeah, so, and what's, we, what's he I'm, doing? He works for like a like works for a consultancy company, sort of like mine, bit different from mine, but sort of like mine. Recruitment. Um, no, he does. I don't work in recruitment. I work for a management consultancy firm. He works. Is Lena trying to hand you plug? <laughs> no, it's it's plugged into my laptop. I was just playing with it. I didn't, the camera's in the camera's in a really weird place on my laptop. It's just like this, we can't have a camera on. The camera is leading us to become too visual on a sorry, purely. Sorry, sorry I'll audio I'll, medium i'll pick up my glass of wine okay fair enough anyway yeah so so anyway we just went on the pub um and so it's the first time i've been in a pub well no it was the second time i've been in a pub but one of the time since lockdown ended whatever stage of lockdown we're in sure terminal stage got stage four lockdown um it's the second time, but one of those was one pint with Liam while we waited for pizzas to cook next door. Um, nice. So we went down the pub and it was obviously it's fucking weird because there's 11 people in this huge pub. Yeah. Um, it was service. also No, they didn't do table service, but you had to queue outside until the bar was empty. Of, there were only like three people at the bar at a time. You had to queue outside until somebody so came out and then you could go in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, 
I think it was maybe like the woman who served me's first shift back because I asked for because it because of the queuing system. There's obviously a bit of a lag between getting a drink and you know if you finish your drink, you then got to wait ten minutes for your next drink. So it's like right, we'll just get two drinks at a time, and when we drink one drink, you then go to the bar and get the other drink, which is achieves exactly the same thing. But the person who sat at the table gets to get pissed up. Amazing. Um, And uh, I asked for two double gin and tonics and two pints of beer. Uh, two pints of IPA and she brought me the she poured out the two double gin and tonics and I didn't have the heart to tell her that she had poured me quadruple gin and tonics <laughs> and, and then I was I was obviously like this How is did an you- expensive round and it came to 44 quid for four drinks <laughs> oh and one for her as well so five yeah. drinks fair um and then I drank them at normal speed. So then I was yeah, of fucking, course. It was yeah. seven. I got there at six, seven o'clock. I'm were you stuck. were you were you tag teaming? Were you did you do a quadruple gin and tonic and a beer, or were you doing the gin and tonics? No, I did both gin and tonics, and oh. then I was so pissed I had to move to beer. And then beer actually just gets me more pissed. Like it's got obviously less alcohol in, but chemicals. I don't know. Yeah, when you're drunk, if you drink more alcohol, you get drunker. Yeah, but you would think I it mean, would slow you down. But if I drink like if I drink spirits and mixer, I can drink that all night. If I drink eight pints, let me tell you I'm a little something about out. how it works. Okay, all right. So the, your level of pissedness, right, is is different to, to to the level of alcohol in your system, right? They're not they're not necessarily related. Okay, so how drunk? Where are you, you going are, with this, counselor? How does that work? How drunk you are acting, right, is not is is not necessarily directly related to how much alcohol is in your system. Okay. No, I mean, so I get right, giddy. If you, so if, if I'm in a big been, group, yeah. If yeah. you've been if you've been drinking very slowly, solidly all day, mm. by the end of the night, you're not going to be like fucking staggering about calling people wankers, starting fights yeah. with tramps or whatever. Okay. All right. It's the spike in it's the it's the it's the level change in alcohol and uh, alcohol content in your system so right? you through the roof quickly yeah then you start acting drunk that's when you really you know you um, stagger about and you know you know lose your faculties it's the it's the rate change so it, so if you go so that's why like um you know if i'm if if i'm on a mission to get drunk mm. i'll i will wait until later and then fucking hammer spirits Right, and then you get pollocks really fucking quick. Whereas if you start on a fucking session session ale in, in the yeah. middle of the day, by the time you come to the evening, like you've you've had a lot of booze, but you're not like no, that, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying specifically is if I start drinking spirits with a mixer yeah. any time of the day or night, I can I can session that out as soon as I drink, or if I just start drinking beer. I will be pissed much more quickly than the equipment. But like you a, just said like you just said weird... if you but you just said if you switch to uh if you sw- you you got so pissed that you had to switch to beer. Yeah. That's what you just but said. But even so if it's I the don't spirits that got you pissed. Yeah, it is the spirits that got me pissed. But even also, if I if I'd have stayed on the spirits and just gone down to a more manageable level of drinking, yeah, I'd have been fine. But the move to beer is what fucked me up. So it wasn't the 18 pints. It was the kebab at the end of the night that made me throw up. <laughs> Fine. Gotcha. The other thing that's worth noting is that, uh, is that you know, a, a single spirit in mixer, it, it, mm. if you drink one of those uh, or, you, or you drink a pint, then mm. you, you're getting more alcohol in your system in the pint. Okay. 
I don't Wait, know. I, I mean, when it gets to a quadruple, obviously that's that's. No, I always good. drink doubles, but I think I always think a double with a mixer is it's probably about the same as a pint. Probably, yeah. It's yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? I think people think that it's more, but no. uh, probably about the same. You're mixing it for a reason. Exactly. With vodka, for example, just to cut it, just to yeah, exactly. you know yeah. water it down a bit. Um, no, and uh, well, I went down the park with Jordan about a month ago. And I had eight pints in like six hours and I came home at a curry, passed out on the sofa till three o'clock in the morning with my shoes still on. So that was the beer. Ripper. That sounds yeah. like a fucking great day. Yeah. What time did you day. start drinking? Like that was... two o'clock. No, <laughs> one o'clock. It was one o'clock and I got in at seven. You... <laughs> absolutely hammered. Yeah, absolutely yeah. hammered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, so yeah, and I had a giant pizza. And then I came home and I had a, oh, we did, we did. So we went inside because they had like a restaurant bit and I booked the table thinking it was booking it just to be able to go to the pub, but actually it was booking it for the restaurant. Gotcha. So the woman was like, oh, do you want to go in and have your food now? And I was like, yes, yes, we do. And I ate a giant pizza and then Jordan went, should we do a shot of, should we do, should we do Jaeger bombs? Should we do some Jaeger bombs? And I was like, why wouldn't we do Jaeger bombs in the middle of a like nice, like nice gastro pub restaurant area? Uh, what at this point was quarter past eight on a Thursday. So I did. And uh, I was talking to my boss about it because I was saying like, so I've got this theory that our emotional states, all the different emotional states we have, Mm. aren't different emotions of a single personality. I think that they're individual personalities. This is based on nothing this is just a personal opinion you know if you've got a mate who's like a really nice guy and then he gets like maudlin and he's a completely different person or he gets super angry and he's a complete head case and he's one of the nicest people the rest of the time and i think most of the time those um personality states are in line with each other so you don't notice the differences they're all the same person they have the same sort of you know attitudes and morals and things like that gotcha so I think that, but there are two specific states where I think my personalities are so different. First one is when I wake up. So the amount of like angry screaming matches, well, not even screaming matches, me shouting at Charlie at three o'clock in the morning and Charlie being like, what the fuck was that about? And I was like, what are you talking about? I have no idea, no memory, just after I wake up. And the other one is pissed John. And Piss John is a completely different person. So I was talking to my boss about this. And she was like, well, you must... I was like, I fucking hate drinking. I don't know why I do it. I don't enjoy it. I don't even really enjoy the feeling of being pissed. And I said about doing the Jaeger bombs. And she was like, well, how did you feel when you did that then? And I was like, I didn't feel anything. But Boozy John felt fine with it. (laughs) He had a great time. He had a great time. This is interesting. You know, so... um, uh, So... You don't you don't get any enjoyment out of it whatsoever. Not thinking about it before the fact and not after the fact. Mm. But the period of time when I'm drinking, mm. I couldn't you couldn't stop me drinking if you tried. I love it. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I, I the memory, the thought of being pissed is not appealing to me. And the memory of being pissed is not appealing to me. But as soon as I have like two drinks in. I would like to be one drink drunk all the time. I think if I'm one drink drunk, I'm having a great time. Mm, mm, mm. But like four drinks in, I'm having like I'm having a whale of a time. And then 
the memory of it the next day is like, I hated it. I don't know why I did it. And then the thought before I go out of getting drunk is like, I don't want to do this. Like, why am I going to yeah. go and get drunk? And it doesn't stop me. I'm obviously still doing it. That's it's not like an anxiety thing. It's just like, I love it. I just don't like the feeling. I love it. I literally, I think I've, we, I've come full circle. Um, and not, you know, not anytime recently, but, uh, and I think me and Rob had this conversation before, but when you're kind of young and reckless and, um, mm. in indulging in, uh, you know other um uh what's the word i'm looking for drinking um, no um drugs you know other vices yeah um i think you know as you grow up like well what for me anyway i've i've come to think of alcohol as the best one yeah uh it's great as, as you were saying that i realized that i feel the same way about mcdonald's as i do about food as i do about boozing mm. which is i don't want a mcdonald's mm. i don't want to have ever had a mcdonald's mm. but as soon as i eat a mcdonald's i love mcdonald's yeah so maybe it's just like it, a then, guilt thing yeah you're all into it and then an hour later you feel physical. an hour 10 minutes later you feel awful yeah yeah McDonald's is the best of the fast food because it's like Willy Wonka invented burgers because it doesn't taste like like beef and bread <laughs> and yeah, fair. You know, sauces. It tastes like McDonald's. Snoscumbers. Like it tastes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it tastes like McDonald's. Yeah. I'm going to the McDonald's factory and I'm going to be massively disappointed when all yeah. of the people killing the cows aren't and palumpas. <laughs> We did. We we went for uh, ages without having any McDonald's, and then uh, mm-hmm. like, and then like you know, as kind of lockdown was starting to ease, and I think they came back on. You were sweating uh, outside of McDonald's at six o'clock in the morning. No, Everyone no, else was walking no, to the pub no, to open. No, they're on. They're on Uber Eats, and me and Lena were just at home, and like, yeah, we should probably get some McDonald's, and then did a couple of times, and it was like, now neither of us ever want McDonald's again. You um, ruined McDonald's for me as a child by introducing me to the idea of burgers being better than chips, and I've never been able to get past that. You'd go, you'd go, go get a quarter pounder, two double cheeseburgers in the drink, and I bet you don't need fries. It's like, no, that's one of the quarter pounders. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's not wrong. It's like yeah. it's such a sterling argument. I'm not, not I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But the problem is, is that. That's a that's a lot. <laughs> that's bad. That is bad. And, that, and that's why at one stage of that, what the my twenties is the period that I like to refer to as sweating while I'm eating. Mm. Um, the years of sweating while I'm eating, and that's one of the reasons that I used to sweat when I ate. Fair enough. I mean, I it's 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 a kind of a um, uh, it's the opposite for me. Uh, I think uh, the less the less McDonald's I've met over the years, the uh, the, the more grossly uh, unfit and overweight I've become. So, yeah. oh, right, you're gonna have to explain your work now. Then, when, listen, it's not working out. It's just stating the obvious. Like when we <laughs> when we worked at the cinema uh, and uh, and uh, ate literally, you know, kind of a, a sharing box of twenty nuggets per person mm. uh, and a handful of where well, was when double cheeseburgers first came out on the saver menu and they were 99p incredible we, we'd just go in with a tenner and come out with 10 fucking double cheeseburgers yeah um and i was fucking lean as fuck absolute uh, athlete i mean you were more athletic i don't go, think you could ever go back go back you could my never, friend. i don't think Get you on. could ever even like i don't know 
get on get on Facebook, my friend, and go back some. I mean, comparatively, mate, absolute, not comparative. I um, weigh the same that I weighed when I was eighteen. Um, now, um, and I'm the same. No, I'm I'm smaller than I was when I was eighteen. Now, mm. um, and have a smaller waist size, and I still have a belly and boobs. Like it's just, uh, I cannot um, exercise regularly. I, I exercised this morning, and I'm not joking. Within the third go round of the warm up, I went. I could just just fuck this off. Like just fuck it off. Like who cares? Like who cares at this point? Yeah. And what are you training yeah. for, dickhead? Yeah. Um, and then, well, and I, but, fair enough. but when I was eighteen, I could eat five thousand calories a day of McDonald's and Rocco's pizza and Guinness, and I, you know, I weighed fourteen and a half stone. And now exactly. I have to exactly. So like, what I'm saying look is, look at not... a cake and go, oh, I don't know if I should have that third one. Exactly. Oh, that's good. This is what I'm saying. So it's not the Guinness and the Rocco's fault, is it? Yeah, it's your fault. It's age. It's your, age. Bi- it's your biological fault. Well, no, I used to, I mean, I, lockdown has really sapped all motivation to, because I was running like, running like between like 15 and 20K a week and then doing, well, up until I really fucked my knees, jujitsu three times a week. And then the jujitsu became, I'll do kettlebells three times a week. And I was doing that right up until the, third week of lockdown and then i went i'm just gonna stop yeah why am i doing this why am i doing this what's the fucking point yeah and did but you, what's did the fucking point conclusion? probably well you know the conclusion richard you've read the manifesto and it is to string a nuclear bomb every thousand feet or so and yeah. blow them all up at once when are we getting started on that I just don't think it's a point. I just I can't, they won't. They won't. I keep asking. I keep giving old um, Bojo a call, Blozzy Jozza a call. Mate, I, we, how has he not got like? How do we not call him Blozzy Johnson at this point? I mean, I do. Okay, well, good. That's but how? Do, sorry, how does the news not call him Blozzy Johnson? Because they call him Bojo, they should call him Blojo. Yeah. Because it's Flo Joe BJ, to start off. BJ. 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 Um, we just watched a. Um, uh, it was like Horizons or Panorama or whatever. About. about the <laughs> it was Horizons and it was about the evolution of man. It was Panorama, yeah. It was about. Uh, it was about the fucking. Um, the escape of um, coronavirus from Wuhan. And how completely fucking mental the entire Chinese government is. They did yeah, not hold back. Yeah. It's, it's, if you notice how, like, we will savage everyone else's government apart from our own. Yeah. Like, but every country does that. Every country is like, like me, and, and by we, I mean the corporate media that um, controls all information like all like acceptable discourse within that country. Dickheads like me and you can sit on our 23 minute and 43 second long podcast because I've heard the scratches at the door and the government are here to take me away. I'd fucking love to go to a gulag. I think I'd do well in the This is like when I think about going to prison. 
I think just get a fucking gun, rob a bank, go to prison for 10 years. You'd do well. Like, they'd be like, he's a change of pace. Yeah. But all of the like, absolute psychos or, you know, people with murder. Hold on. People. Are you saying you think you'd do well? You'd either get away with robbing the bank or you'd, or you'd do well in prison. Is that sort of your your logic? No, no, I wouldn't get away with robbing the bank. I wouldn't get. I don't get away. Yeah, with I know it's a very, it's a very, <laughs> very minor, minor <laughs> chance. But I mean, like, you know. yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I think I do. I think I think the lags there would be like, do you know what? Yeah, leave him alone. He's all right. He has read lots of books and has some robust opinions that um, we all enjoy hearing. And he also has a control over his anger, which wouldn't end up with him getting stabbed 15 times in the showers because somebody woke him up at three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> Sleepy John got angry about it. Yeah, I am... Um, I can't remember. Yeah, so I want to go to the gulags. I want the government to start the fucking gulags and just put me in them, be right. king of the gulag. Yeah, I'll be fine. I, I like it. I like it. I'd be there with you. Um, so, uh, so our number one podcast fan, Jane Kemp, J K forty seven, Jane Cakes forty seven, uh, has got a question for us. Gone. Um, Didn't send it into the email address, Jane. So no, I just I just dropped her a little. I just dropped a little message. Oh, you no, you so you solicited a question. Correct. <laughs> Big podcasts have to do that as well. Rogan is often emailing people, going, "Do you want to just uh, shoot me across a question about a shaved monkey?" There was a just to completely interrupt a moment. There was a video um, going around the other day, which was the perfect encapsulation of Rogan, and it was him going to somebody. It's just mad. Like we put a financial figure on a human's life, and then there's a three second pause, and he goes, "See the video of the moose getting run over the other day." Anyway, what did Jane want to say? Um, was it, did you see the video of the moose getting run over the other day? <laughs> she is she is curious to know your your take. She's furious to know on 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 what is more satisfying, right? Going going for a wee when you're absolutely bursting, yeah, uh, or or doing a massive poo. Massive shit. It's a massive shit, and I don't care what that says about me. <laughs> Everybody knows peas are. But going for a pee when you're busting isn't satisfying. It's, it's like, like a warning from history. No, but it's a warning from history. You know that how many good bladder holds have I got left? Mm. Like watching, lockdown life has got me so bored that I've... I really watched Game of Thrones from start to finish by just pressing the fast forward button every time I was bored. And I watched it in two days because that program is shit. <laughs> um, and I was re-watching The Sopranos and there was an episode where um, Junior Soprano pisses himself that was the entire episode it was an hour long it was just him pissing himself um, and it just really hit home to me like how close I am to losing all control of my bladder to getting the tenor ladies out <laughs> I can get a tenor man can't you but going for a poo is like going for a spa day Sit yeah. down on the toilet, you get your phone out, 
you flick onto your apps, maybe you're looking at Twitter, maybe you're playing a, ga- a game on your phone, maybe you're reading a book at the moment, maybe you're watching a great episode of a hit US TV series starring, starring um, I just said Paul Gandalf. Giamatti, but I meant James Gandolfini, thank you. Oh, I watched all of Billions as well. I've just got nothing left never, at this point. Never, never seen any of Billions. Never seen a single episode of Sopranos. You've never watched a single episode of The Sopranos? Correct. Right, Billions is fine, and it will waste x amount of time but it's fucking stupid there's some quite good stuff as somebody works adjacent to financial services there's some quite interesting stuff in there about financial crime um but not enough to have and paul giamatti's pretty good in everything he does but it's a bit like entourage where everybody in it is the most hateful person on earth and then the next person comes in and they're worse and but the glitziness of it makes you want to be those people. And so the cognitive dissonance of, of hating them, but wanting to be them at the same time made me have a psychotic break. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's, and I'm just living with it now. I'm, well, as we all know, I never got over the death of print. Right, press record again. So anyway, you were saying- You've, you've, never, you've never, never got over the death of- Princess Diana. Um, and you've never watched an episode of The Sopranos. Have you really never Correct. watched it? I, I, I promise you. Um, Does it not appeal? Or uh, no, I'd, I, no, I'd love to. I'd love to. I think, um, I think you know, it's just one of those things that's- always... <laughs> I mean, that look away was telling. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that's always been on the list that's just never come around yet. I watched uh, it. I, I, I watched The Wire like three times, but you know. Yeah. So, uh, I watched yeah, The Sopranos from start to finish. Actually, this time I didn't watch it from start to finish. I watched it from series five to the end of series six. Um, I watched The Sopranos maybe every two, three years because it is that good. You will go, I'll watch an episode, and then you're immediately back into it. And you're like, I have to see. I know exactly what's going to happen. I need to watch every episode of this. Okay. Um, okay. definitely, I, definitely watch it. Yeah. So, uh, so on that note, uh, are you a Brian De Palma fan? Um, I'm not a huge Brian De Palma fan. I think Scarface is all right, has its moments. Um, so, I watched Blowout, um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. It's been recommended to me. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I've it's fucking it. weird. It's not a weird yeah. film per se, but it's like he has a real, like, I mean, he's an author, so he's got a real like visual style which but this the subject and how it because really it's a film it's it's a film about making films yeah which all the best films are um and uh but it's a story based on like kind of ripped from the headlines so it's like post watergate ted kennedy murdering that girl um it's worth it's worth watching i would recommend it yeah so i i got recommended uh well basically his entire back catalogue but um but all his old ones basically so dressed to kill is the other one i've not seen dressed to kill basically, fucking bit bonkers but brilliant in the same sense i'm oh, sorry to get me a glass of yeah she said she couldn't you know you know she knows she's there because she follows proper studio etiquette which is she noisily runs the tap yeah, three foot away from where I'm recording. I pushed my glass down. Can you get me a glass of water? She went, no. <laughs> get her on right now. Get her on the show. Charlie, come and say hello. Rick wants to say hello to you. I haven't seen him in ages. Just come and say hello. I'll cut it out. Just come and say hello. Well, Theo should have been about an hour ago.
<laughs> Did you hear what she said then? To your five listeners, I said hi. Fucking brutal, isn't it? What a bitch. What a bitch indeed. Oh, well. <laughs> Good. So what are you saying? Uh, well, that's it. I'm, so it's just... Dressed to kill. I watched Snake Eyes actually over lockdown. This is how bad it's got that I go onto whatever film apps I can find yeah. and go, I haven't seen that. Are you on Letterbox? No. That's a good app. It just what is Letterbox? Uh, it, like you can just kind of track the films you've you've watched uh, okay. and have a watch list, uh, and you can connect to other users. So like uh, I'm on there, uh, good mate, of my Josh is on there, and he's always like, you know, I, when I see watch watching film. films, I'm like, oh fuck, that must be a that must be good. So he turned me on to um, that Uncut Gems. Oh, so good. Oh my god. I took um Liam so it was on at the cinema before it went on Netflix. The, it, was, it was on the cinema in January before it went on Netflix and Liam's birthday's in January. And so every year I go, What do you want to do? And he goes, Do you want to go to the cinema? And I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go like come up to London, we'll get some like lunch or dinner and we'll go and watch some. So a few years ago we went to see like Hateful Eight when it came out in um seventy mil. Um, and he was like, I want to go, really want to see that Uncut Gems, and I really wanted to see it as well. Have you seen Good Times, the Safdie Brothers film, no. film that they made before Uncut no. Gems? Very no. similar in terms of tone. Okay. So it's one of the most, I, had, I thought I was going to have a panic attack when I was watching that. Um, and I had to leave it and go and sit in the bath, and Charlie watched it to the end because I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> And when I was watching Uncut Gems, um, I was like, oh, like, you know, I get like touching my face or like shifting in my seat, yeah. like feeling every moment of it. And I looked across at Liam and Liam's heartbeat, like arrest is like 30 beats a minute. Like he's a stone cold psychopath and he's just sat there blank faced, nothing. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's not enjoying it. And as we were walking out at the end, he just turned to me and went, that was the most stressful experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, Liam. He was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it was that bad. Yeah. Mate, that, it, that film is fucking amazing. It you went amazing. to, um, uh, that, the, the bit that gets me is uh, when, when he's basically, he's given the, the fucking gem over to um, Kevin. KG. Uh, Kevin Garnett. And, and, he does, and he doesn't see it again. He can't get a hold of him. And he's flipping out and he's like abs- in, in raw panic mode. Hmm. And after like, you know, 48 hours of raw panic, KG comes back to the shop with the gem and he can't get through the fucking security. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's literally right there. Everything he's ever wanted is fucking six inches away from him and he can't get to it. Um, but the, the way, like, the way, like, everyone is constant there's like nine different conversations going on at once everyone's talking over each other then you've got the music as well at the same time and all of like the noises of the scene is it it is anxiety inducing like i've I've never seen a film like it i think the i I think when it came out mark commode said it was um the most like stressful film that he's watched since bad lieutenant bad lieutenant is not that stressful a film um but but i got what i got where he's going at where it's just like constant piling on of mistakes by the cat main character yeah, yeah. and you're like I, I like the fact that he was it was just always going to happen like the whatever the next worst thing that could happen was was always going to be his decision yeah to the extent where it's like to his ex-wife who hates him because <laughs> they separated from his wife he's like, let's get back together and she's like you're the most annoying person I've ever met in my life and I want to punch you in the face <laughs> and he's like just think about it 
<laughs> it's just like that ratchets it up constantly, constantly. Oh, okay. But he's, he's such that's a happy-go-lucky guy as well. When he's in the back of the car, when he's locked in the boot. Yeah. But there's some... It, that's it's a really, probably his best role. It's that or... I mean, it's obviously that or Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love is like a... I don't know. It's like a, it's a weird film. People don't think about it, but I remember watching it at the time and being blown away. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Like the man's not made a bad film apart from Magnolia, which is still like pretty compelling film to watch. It's just a bit like melodramatic. But but um, why doesn't he just make films like that all the time? Like he's got the money in the world. Why does he have to go and make another dog shit not funny film when he could just be making films like that? Because he can obviously do it. Yeah. Have you ever seen Funny People, which is basically sort of like semi-autobiographical film that he made with uh, Judd Apatow? So it's about a, um, it's about a, it's about Adam Sandler, um, but he's not called Adam Sandler, um, and he gets cancer, um, and he befriends Seth Rogen's character, who's like a sort of starting out stand-up comedian, and he's like, "I think you're funny. I want to do more stand-up. I need you to like work with me to write some jokes, like basically become my personal assistant." And then he gets cured, like, of the cancer. But he's such a fucking horrible person that he doesn't learn any of, like, the lessons that he should have learned from... He learns them all while he's going to die. But as soon as he's going to live, he just goes back to being a selfish wanker. And he's really good in that as well. Like, it's like a middle-of-the-road Jared Apatow film, but it's still worth watching because Adam Sandler carries the the film entirely. Yeah, I I mean... Uh, you know, I've hated everything he's done since uh, Happy Gilmore, um, essentially, and even that was shit, but in the best way possible. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I th- I just thought he was fucking phenomenal in this. He's just incredible, yeah. And all of the people that they got in to be in it that are just like some fella that they saw on the street. Um, and they were like, do you want to be in our film? You seem interesting. And the guy would turn up and be literally everybody who isn't. Um, the isn't Adam Sandler, his wife, or the bookie that he owes money to, yeah. is all Mike France Francesca 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 the Francesca which character he's he's the angry bookie that runs a restaurant, um, who he's like that's the stupidest fucking bet I've ever heard in my life, and he's like I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, he's a sports radio legend in um, New York. So okay. he's like has a call-in show, and they went to him. He's like, I'm not really sure how to act. And he's like, Well, just imagine this guy is one of the people that calls you that you fucking hate, and you're as annoyed at him as you are at those people, and just talk yeah. to him like that. And he's like, oh, Okay, I do that. <laughs> amazing. But all of these other people are just sort of like New York. The best one ever is you know the guy that Julia, whose name in real life, the, his girlfriend she's uh, she's just called Julia in real life. Um, she, that's her first film, isn't it? That's her first film, yeah. I think she was yeah. like a model and she just sort of worked in, like, I think she worked in the Garment District, which is near the Diamond District. But I think they knew her from, like, sort of art scene in right. New York. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when she's on the helicopter and she meets the guy, and he's like, I've got all this money. I don't know what to do with it. Like, I've you know, got 12 million. He's a real, he's a real guy that they just met one night on a night out. 
Amazing. Um, and that's him. Like, that's what he does. And yeah. so they were saying about, like, the scene where um, she's in his hotel room and he's in the bathroom toweling off. Yeah. Like, they wrote it as him being, they're like, you're going to be naked in that scene. He's like, yeah, fine. So they got to shooting the scene and he goes, um, he goes, I don't really want to be naked. I don't think it works. And they're like, oh, but the thing is, like, you're the skeezy, like, creep who, like, is hitting on this girl. Like, it makes sense to be <laughs> naked. He goes, he goes, look, guys, I look good naked. But I look the best in a towel. Doing <laughs> so like, the towel, let's see if it works. He's fucking phenomenal. Like, he's just brilliant. But in real life now, if you go on that Julia, I can't remember what her surname is, um, her um, Instagram page, every photograph that she puts up, he's just in the comments. You look beautiful, oh, blonde girlfriend. <laughs> amazing but he's like uh, he's like a multi-millionaire that like made like ridiculous money um he's like a garment district legend uh, made all this money um and uh they were just like do you want to be in the film because we think you're brilliant and he's like yeah of course i'm one amazing. of the greatest actors in my generation <laughs> yeah, this is amazing this is an absolute revelation to me i might have mm-hmm. to go and watch it again if i can fucking handle it there's um guy, I, haven't watched guy, it again. Uh, I keep going to watch it again and i'm like i just don't think it would i don't think it's it's one of those films that i, I don't think i could watch again because the experience was so and i went into it completely yeah. cold didn't know what's yes. going to happen yeah, exactly. didn't know the story just knew yeah. the sort of the outline that it was about this degenerate gambler and all these awful things happening but i didn't know what was going to happen in it yeah same and like the emotion it just would feel i, I wouldn't because I wouldn't get those emotions again, I yeah. it wouldn't feel the same film. And I'm yeah, and I yeah. You don't you don't have the same instinctive reaction, do you? So instead, just I just watch documentaries about it instead and learn all these fun facts about everyone that's in it because it's almost as fun. That is that is amazing. Do they do, is that what they do? The um, I can't remember the name of the uh, Safdie brothers. Are they? Um, is that do they do they often just take nobodies and? Uh, well, the, this is only their second sort of major film so they made a they came out of um nyu films i think it was nyu film school um and they made a lot of low budget stuff with their mates um which were which is i can't remember what it's called but there's one where the main character and it's about this sort of deadbeat dad who's spending a week looking after his two boys um and doing things like drugging them so that he can go out um but like having uh, but then like having these really like pure connections with his kids at different points and then he just takes them home at the end of the week um he's moving house and he takes them home um and that was the main guy in that was the guy who wrote uncut gems so that's sort of they've got this like group that they work with a lot um and they've made like i think they've made like four films five before good time um and then obviously they got the money to make Sorry, say again. I'm worth a watch. A hundred percent. So it's Robert Patterson and one of the Safdie brothers pay, play these like two Greek brothers. Yeah. So Robert Patterson's like this real like degenerate creep um, who is always on the next con. And his brother, who's played by the Saf- one of the Safdie brothers, is um, like, uh, how do you say it? Like intellectually handicapped like he's like learning difficulties and so he gets him to help him rob a bank and as they're robbing the bank 
uh, after they rob the bank, um, the dye pack in the thing goes off. And so as they're trying to escape, he goes one way, his brother goes the other way, and they're supposed to meet up, and his brother gets cornered by the police and put in Rikers. And so he's now trying to get the money to bail his brother out so he can go on the land with his brother. Right. So he's got the die pack money and there's not enough there. So he's like got his like he's like twenty six. He's got his like forty five year old girlfriend who he's trying to convince to put the bail on his on her mum's credit card. <laughs> and then like he tries to break the brother out. Thinks that because the brother gets beaten up in prison, he's in the hospital. He tries to break him out of hospital. Breaks the wrong man out of hospital. That guy's like, well, if you like, thanks for breaking me out. Like, I've got a deal with this LSD that I'm trying to sell. <laughs> um, do you want in on that? It's like a thank you. And he's like, well, that give me the money. <laughs> and it just is in this in a very similar fashion to um, Uncut Gems. It's just this one spiraling bad decision after another, and the character is so like either morally bankrupt or ridiculously optimistic in the case of uncut gems so they just keep making awful awful decisions that make their situations unbearably worse but because it had the brother character who was basically an innocent i couldn't deal with it i couldn't enjoy it like i just found it i, I thought it was really good yeah but i just found it too stressful because there was a uh because he's in prison there's a like a real um i don't know what's the word like these bad things that are happening obviously don't really affect anyone because I know it's fiction, but in years you get caught, caught up in the story, have a impact on somebody who doesn't deserve these bad things to happen. Yeah. Well, Howie in Uncut Gems, I'm just like, yeah, he's a complete dickhead. Like yeah, he's, cool. He is the most annoying man on earth. He's sweet and you sort of love him, but he's awful. Yeah. And so you, while you don't want anything bad to happen to him, the punishment sort of fits the crimes that he's committed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I get it. Like the, the uncut gems had the best, in, in in my opinion, has the best single line delivery. I think potentially, I think like maybe not that I've ever seen. I bet I could think of other ones if I put my head to it. But the bit where he's in the car with his bookie, the the Escalade with his bookie, yeah. and he's like, uh, the bookie's like, I heard you. Um, retold your pool i would never retail my pool who has told you that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's brilliant such a good film yeah yeah what chunk cut gems yeah um but watch the sopranos like go back so the sopranos is people think of it as like it's like a uh hard-hitting drama about the mafia and it's not at all it's a comedy yeah. It's a it's a dark comedy, but it's a comedy, and it will you will laugh at some really fucked up stuff. And there are just some. So I, I, honestly, it's not it's not that I've never wanted to watch it. You know what's happened in recent years, right? Is that um, I've got uh, I've got and I, and I think this might be um, you know a comment on society as a whole. I've got quite kind of fucking lazy when it comes to kind of content. It's all there. You can watch it anytime. Yeah, but it's not, right? So Sopranos is not on Netflix. It's on Now TV. Uh, Is it? Yeah, it's on Now TV. I have Now TV, so uh, that doesn't help me. So do you know what I mean? If it was on Netflix, I would have watched it twice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got quite lazy in in those kind of habits. So I've got got Amazon Prime for the fucking free deliveries. Because you've got the Prime, yeah, so you might as well have it, yeah. And, uh, and, um, And Netflix. 
So if it's not on one of those two, then, you know. And that's that's quite bad because it's something I really want to watch. And I could go on fucking Amazon. Illegal Prime. streaming sites. Exactly, which is what I did when I was like fucking 17. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just fucking... It's what I still do now. Like I I watch everything on a Czechoslovakia, like everything that isn't on Now TV, Amazon, Netflix, I watch on a Czechoslovakian website. Called? Put Locker. Yeah, Put Locker. Put Locker.cz. Yeah. That's how I know it's Czechoslovakian. We love, we love Put Locker. We love uh, Put Locker. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, you know, like back in the day, it was we were fucking what t- fucking BitTorrent, just mm-hmm. torrent download it. Yeah. Uh dear. I remember. I, I remember when uh, when <laughs> Dave Hayward, the man, the legend, his his old man was obsessed with um, with like having the, the the latest and greatest, wasn't he? So they had like a they had a good internet connection in the time mm-hmm. everybody else had shitty dial, dial up. Yeah, he could, he could download a single song in uh, MP3 format in like you know three minutes, and we, yeah. we were like, "Holy shit, this is <laughs> this is the fucking future." We're gonna do everything. Well, we were right; it was the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's. It, I, I I don't know why. Uh, why that's come to be, but I think you just become uh, you become set in your habits, don't you? So lazy. I could very fucking easily still do that. Like, uh, like yeah, we used to just download everything, didn't we? But or or watch it on Putlocker. But I'm like, well, if it's not on Netflix, sorry. Well, I just watch everything on my phone. So I'm ruining good content by watch because who can be bothered to go and sit in front of the TV? It's yeah, just stream it on my phone. Where? What do you mean? When you just you sat on the sofa in front of your TV watching stuff on your phone? No. So when right. we moved house, the sofa won't fit up the stairs. So we bought, we ordered a new sofa, but it doesn't get delivered till August. And then, uh, so the TV is in a living room, which is Isabel's room, basically not Isabel's bedroom, but it's like Isabel's domain. She sits in there watching YouTube on a fucking don't know, 50-inch flat-screen TV, and I watch The Sopranos on my phone. In the living room. And I annoy Charlie because every time, because I've seen it before, I'm like, what's oh, the transition? Fast forward 10 seconds. And she's like, all I can see is you clicking your fucking finger on the screen to fast forward through your program. What is the point? I'm like, well, because I know that this is transition. Like, well, gonna, I need to see another scene of uh, the outside of New Jersey to understand what's going on. No. <laughs> Good, you've ruined. Which, but the, but then I ruined Game of Thrones by going, "This is shit. This is shit. This scene's shit." Da, 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 da. And I watched about maybe eleven minutes of eight I, series of Game I, of Thrones. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it up until I at didn't the time. It's the fucking last final season. So, yeah, yeah so the final season was shit. I was saying at the time that like, it was so plot driven at that point that you could just read the Wikipedia article on the Monday morning and you would achieve the same thing that you needed. To, you would get from watching the phone watching the phone watching the show but um but like i watch phone i watch films like i watched heat the other day on my phone that's not that yeah you know what i watched the other day uh which i enjoyed immensely which i'd forgotten about training day great film denzel washington Hmm. fucking hell king kong ain't got shit on him fucking hell that is I, I mean, he got an Oscar for it, didn't he? He won the Oscar, yeah. I think it was the first black man since 
he might have been the first black actor, black actor ever to um, to win. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Sydney Poitier must have won, but I don't know. Um, I, I honestly, if you if you want if you want to see a masterclass in how to fucking own every scene you're in, go and watch that film. He is fucking phenomenal. He just. There, there could have been no one else in that film, and it still would have been incredible. It's ridiculous. David. David Ayres is a disappointing one because he made Training Day. I think he wrote Training Day. I think he did. I think John Singleton directed it. Yeah, yeah. And then he's made every film that he has been a part of is the biggest. Like, I've got this thing about, pardon me, about trailer blue balls, which is I watch a trailer and be like, that film's going to be fucking amazing. Get hyped for it, and then you go and see it, and you're like. That film was shit. And every film, well, not every film, because he made fucking Suicide Squad, which no one got, well, actually, lots of divorced dads got excited for. I didn't get excited for it, even though I was a divorced dad. <laughs> um, and uh, he, um, yeah, and it's, he's got a new one coming out with, like, he made that bright with Will Smith and uh, the Orcs, yeah. which is Orc Cop, which is just fucking hilarious. Is not it good. Is it really it's bad. bad. It's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the orcs couldn't be any more coded for like like LA black people, right? If and and I can't see how that's not racism. Yeah, so it's a really, hey, yeah, it's a really che- cheap kind of uh, race divide. Yeah, the elves are the elves are like white people. Right. Then there's white and black people, and then the orcs are like black people, but they all wear like FUBU. Is so they're like black people in one like tiny like minor like monoculture within um, LA in 1987, <laughs> maybe 97, and um, <laughs> oh, no. and it's but the word but I was uh, like I made a joke at the time I was like. Um, I didn't think they'd be able to do a blackface film again um, after Tropic Thunder, but because it's Joe Edgerton plays the orc cop, yeah, and no, no one got it because I don't think anyone watched the film. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, but watch it because it's fucking it's on Netflix and it's stupid and it's shit. I stayed up till two o'clock the other morning watching it again because I'm can't sleep and I'm that bored at this point. Um, but he's got a film coming out called The Tax Man, where Shia LaBeouf plays a. Sorry, I hate it already. It, Shia LaBeouf plays a um, um, somebody who like calculates the. He's like a Mexican drug cartel accountant. He does something like he takes the um, if that like, you're selling their product, he takes their cut. But he plays him as Mexican in it. I'm like, that's not allowed. We're not doing that anymore. We can't even have like people doing like somebody was saying they're not going to do the voice of a Vietnamese character in BoJack Horseman. Can't remember who it was. I haven't watched BoJack Horseman. I've watched one episode of the Depressed Horse program. Uh, didn't didn't enjoy it. Um, and uh, and they're like, we can't do that anymore. But we can have Shia LaBeouf. He might not. He might be white in it. They might just be like, no, he's white. He's white. Pretending. He just does the voice. <laughs> it's like in Harsh Times where um, 
for some reason, Christian Bale is playing the part of, I know that there's like mixed communities in America um, that, you know, poverty is the great, well, wealth and poverty are the great um, binders in America. So you can have, but the communities are still pretty segregated. And it's a film about like Mexican gangbangers where Christian Bale is just our white man in it mm. with a slight, sort of barrio accent i don't know it's just weird weird film another david s film anyway that's that's the end of it um what was i gonna say back to the sopranos the this isn't this isn't my thing this is uh felix biederman of uh chapo, chapo trap house but he said something about the sopranos which i think is why it still appeals to me down the years he said the central idea of the Sopranos is the central idea of modern masculinity, which is we all work like jobs that aren't actually that difficult, but because they're emotionally taxing, that aren't physically that difficult, but because they're emotionally taxing, when you go home at night, the only way that you can express your feeling of like knackedness is by saying how hard you work. So you go, I work fucking so hard for this family. I blah, blah. And yeah. Tony yeah. Soprano is so he's like Tony Soprano is the like that taken to the net. It's like constantly stressful because he's you know the boss of a mafia crime family. But his job is to sit in a pork store or the office of a strip club and chat shit with his mates. Yeah. And every time he talks, he's like, I fucking blow for this family. Um, and I so re I so recognize that instinct of like you're tired because like you had like three you know WhatsApp uh, no not WhatsApp three Teams calls where you paid eight percent attention but because you then have a deadline that you're worried about and then you hit the deadline fine because it's not like we're not you know working down the salt mines. I mean, John, recruitment is tough. All right, and no one's. I don't work in fucking recruitment. <laughs> um, Are you sure? Recruitment, what, recruitment was tough. Like, sure? Recruitment was genuinely tough because you had a number. In Are my you job, not a I, I I do. I still like interview people, but I don't work in recruitment. Ooh. That makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense to me. So you're an in-house like, recruiter. My job's like half HR, half recruitment. recruitment. In-house recruitment, yeah. Right. But in-house recruitment is a piece of piss compared to working in a consultancy. Fair, fair. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so I really, I really recognize myself. Only that aspect of my, I'm not one of these people that's like, I'm, I know I'm Tony Soprano. Um, but I recognize sort of that um, mentality in uh, in my life. Um, and it, it means that it's every time he says it, it's one of the fucking, it always makes me crack up because you're like, I've just watched you drinking at a bar for 11 hours yeah you I, haven't got a hard job i um uh so uh just calling back on you you asked me earlier if i'd uh if i'd seen sons of anarchy so mm. uh, yeah obviously seen sons of anarchy but uh yeah. it was one of the stupidest worst shows ever made couldn't stop watching it fucking loved it <laughs> really fucking the, the end of that series the end of the, yeah Sons of Anarchy is the shittest thing I've ever seen in my life. Love it. What when he drives into the lorry? Lunic, lo absolutely. See, yeah. like completely ridiculous. Like, like com totally ran out of ideas. 
uh, really not intelligent kind of uh, film writing or however you want. Mm. But anyway, so there was a guy who started at my work as a graduate uh, fire engineer, and he came in. So you, so you made him wear a um, leather cut, and he wasn't yeah. allowed to put leather jacket with the Sons of Anarchy patches on the back. Did you bully him? I was like, oh my god, no, I didn't. Really... You can get the shit kicked out of you for that, can't you? Uh, I, if you went, probably, if you went, I think I, you know the thing is right. So anyone, anyone in a biker gang will, will understand what what that means, and that's that you're a fucking dork who's never ridden a motorbike in your life, and 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 like Sons of Anarchy. So I, I would be. But very... if you went to like a, if you went to like a event where there were proper backpatch bikers, I think they're more likely to so... laugh. Right, if if you and I designed a backpatch, right, and sewed it on, yeah, and went to a biking, you know, a, a bike meet, then we might. What if, yeah, what if we designed a really like, um, like twee, like it's like me and you smiling, that, like, and we called that the barbecue boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think we could get away with that? Probably. I think we're catering. Um, yeah, but but yeah, so that was funny, and then and then so Lena's. Uh, 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 got into the habit of watching like um australian reality tv shows in the absence mm. of anything else uh during lockdown so she watched um she's uh, I, th- I think she just finished uh, uh married at first sight um on uh, uh is charlie on the taps on again yeah no it's theo this time oh theo mm-hmm. um Rick says hello. hello mate uh 12 now it's 11 foot goodness me Happy birthday for whenever it was, Theo. It's a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it on the podcast. Um... <laughs> so, so yeah. So she watched Married at First Sight, fine, and then she was watching. Um, I think it was like Australian Love Island, and there was a bloke in it who sort of, if you kind of, if you kind of squinted and looked sideways, there was a bloke who looked a little bit like um, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Right, and he started talking, and he had his hair a bit like Charlie Hunnam in in uh, Sons of Anarchy. And he started talking, and they cut to a thing uh, like a Talking Heads, you know, like whatever talking to the in the diary room or whatever they call it. And and his name was Jax. He was telling people his name was Jax, right? And then it was it cut to a shot outside, and he's strutting about in his speedos, and uh, he's got the fucking full back patch Sons of Anarchy tattoo. That's a bit much, isn't it? Horrid. Horrid. What are you doing? He's a fictional character. What are you fucking doing? Well, I mean... It was he 19. I mean, he was on... He was on... Uh, I mean, he was on Australian Love Island, so I can't imagine he was in his 40s. See, that's the thing. I sort of forgive people anything before the age of 25. Not that. Like, I... Full back patch, tattooed on, John. Well, I mean, if the sons hear about it, they're going to make him ink it out. <laughs> Ridiculous, though. What's he doing? That doesn't come off. That's. I don't know. I just think, like, people are so... And he was like, and he was talking about the get because he wasn't getting it. This particular chap wasn't getting much, uh, much love from the ladies in uh, in the villa. Is it because they'd all seen Sons of Anarchy and you were a poser? Yeah, exactly. Or you're pretending to be a fictional character, like your entire real life persona is I've, a copy. I've of got a fictional fucking character. From I've got almost like a 
I don't know what the term is, like a like a fascination, but like a morbid fascination, there we go, um, with people that pretend to be fictional characters in their real life. So like the people that pretend to be the Joker, and there's loads of them. They do it every day. They've got the suit. They wear the full makeup. They, they've dyed their hair. And then they like walk around the streets of their small town in Ohio because they lost their license in a drink driving. Um, and they got DUI and they can't drive for 12 months. And I just, and they, and they spent all of their time recording themselves, talking directly into their camera and putting it on Twitter. And it's the, I just, I think there must be like a, in like 10 years, it'll be in the um, DSM. Like it'll be a psychological, um, well, this is a word. Uh, be like people who've got Truman Show, Truman Show syndrome because they watched the Truman Show and went, actually, you've, I think my life's been filmed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Yeah. I'll t- tell you what, I think there's, a, there's, a, I, I have more sympathy for the Jokers than I do for the Jaxes. Um, and it's because I, I think, uh, you know, there's an element of escapism in wanting to be uh, like, you know, they accept, like, they know that, right, the Joker is a complete fucking psychopath. Yeah. So, you know, where if you are pretending to be him and if you are trying to do it to any level of kind of re- your alter your own reality. No, they're not, it's, it's not like they're doing it so they're like starting robbing banks. No, of course not. No, but it's yeah. almost like it's okay because you because your persona is is a psychopath. So you know, it's like it's like a kind of veiled level of uh, kind of protection. You know, so no, this is the thing. They're not. Go- they'll be on. They'll be on like Twitter going like, um, you know, I'm just really pissed off about um, what the police are doing. In uh, to, like, they'll be they'll be just normal people, but they'll be fully dressed. Yeah, yeah. They won't be like, ah, oh, I can't do the voice. Um, I'm uh, gonna do. Um, right, okay, fair enough. That's that is. Pretty what we need to do is kill the black man, the, the Batman. <sighs> that was a slip. <laughs> what did you <laughs> <just> say? <laughs> oh, you're edging closer to those tattoos, aren't you? <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to cut that out, you know. Um, uh, but, but yeah. I, I still, I, I still, my, uh, I, I am less annoyed with those people than I, I just feel like he's trying to completely assume the personality of a, of a fictional kind of uh, bad boy, you know, ladies love kind of character. Um, Do you think it's on the same um, like path as people that pretend to be in the army, like Walter Mitty types who pretend they were in the SAS? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's it's worse. It's like he, he, when you when you well, yeah, because we know he's not Jack. Yeah, but like the person who's pretending to be in the SAS, we could be like, he might have been in the SAS. Yeah, when you say to yourself, right, this is what I'm gonna do. Right, this is what's the um, what's the NATO alphabet? Right, Alpha Badger. <laughs> yeah, when you say to yourself, this is the persona that I'm going to assume. This is I'm, I'm going to kind of start exhibiting this um, as if it's my own. Right, you're making a decision to choose a character from a very successful TV show, right? That you look mm. like you somewhat look like, and I just think 
fucking weird. Um, well, I mean, we all do it to an extent. Like, if you think about... You used to do it when we were younger. Uh, but anyway, so you, so the, all the girls... No, no, no. I mean, like, if you put on, like, a, um, a tuxedo, yeah. you give it a bit of the James Bond. You don't pretend... You don't introduce yourself to people as I'm Bond, James Bond. <laughs> carry a wolf of PPK around with me. Yeah. yeah. No, but... But I, I, it, my peak rage came when he was he was talking to some other people in the villa. He was talking to one of the other guys, and he was like, "I don't fucking get it. I speak to all the girls in the villa, and they're like, oh, you know, we want a manly man, you know, someone who can kind of protect me.' And he's like, and I'm and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Hey, I've got fucking tattoos. I ride a Harley, you know." And I was thinking, yeah. But you've copied all those things from someone on a yeah. telly show. Do you not think the girls know that? How stupid do you think he is? That I'm assuming that he's like he's a moron. He's borderline Forrest Gump, because um, he um, could have just taken on all of those aspects of that, but had a different back tattoo, yeah. worn a different leather jacket, called himself Mad Dog, like, and just maybe even joined an outlaw motorbike gang. So do you think it's laziness or stupidity on his part? Like he doesn't have the imagination to be able to imagine himself. The only way he could imagine this is if he is in fact Jack's teller. Yeah, it's it's complete hero worship of someone who isn't mm. sad in a way. Yeah, incredibly sad. Mm. I mean we all go through we all go through like, you know, periods of wanting to be other people, you know, maybe like, or you like, you know, you see it with me all the time. Like I'm the biggest fucking personality sponge in the world. If I hang around with someone long enough, like it's yeah. that I take on like parts of their, like how they speak or, well, not anymore because I'm 37, yeah, but yeah. when I was like younger. You definitely did that a bit. Yeah. It, occasionally with, uh, you know, like film characters, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know about like, I mean, we obviously, like, I decided that we were going to start a fight club after watching the film Fight Club. But I didn't, I didn't pretend to be, I didn't pretend, but, but we were such fucking pussies that our fight club, you weren't allowed to punch people in the faces. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then I, um, but I didn't pretend to be, I didn't introduce myself to people as Tyler Durden. No. Um, so I don't, I, I think I'm on the, the normal side of that equation fair there's like a normal i think yeah. people you know people are often unhappy in their lives trying to imagine new lives for themselves but it is fucking mental to be like much it, yeah uh, such a defining um uh, uh signal as as you know the full back piece is a real i would love to get him into like they should do a fucking tv program of him just being psychoanalyzed yeah and just pick it apart It'd be devastating. It'd be one of the most upsetting things you'd watch because it would be like, I was beaten by my father. I, you know, or I never had, you know, all of this, all that kind of like harrowing shit. Yeah. And then he's, so he's just, he hates himself so much that he's, or he's incredibly stupid. And he's just like, that guy's cool. I think there's, I want to be cool. Yeah. I think there is that. It's a bit of a, you know, kind of, uh, in a weird way, sort of cultural appropriation, isn't it? It's like you know, kind of, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, worshiping that kind of like uh, outlaw kind of uh, culture because it's been glorified in the in the media and then uh, 
yeah, not not fully actually. Under- I mean, outlaw culture, like everyone wants to be a fucking outlaw because it seems like great fun until you do something outlaw and you're like, I don't want to do this. This is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I want to, I mean, everyone wants to be, every man in in um, New Jersey wants to be, of, who's 40 pretends that they're Tony, pretends that they're in the mafia. If you're Italian and you live in New Jersey, you say, you have said, you know, what time is it there? It's four o'clock in the afternoon in New Jersey. There we've said this thing of ours 15 times. And when they say this thing of ours, they are referring to their plumbing and heating company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like, it, so I, I do, our lives are so fucking dull. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so boring. Life's boring. You don't forget to do anything exciting. Anytime anything exciting happens, it's the most harrowing experience of your life. Yeah. Like if you're like, I, I, you know, you saved someone from a burning building, you would have PTSD. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a there's a period. Anyone who's interested in like uh, you know kind of old school American motorcycles, kind of choppers, mm. uh, you know V twins, whatever. Um, like they're, they're, at some point during that journey of loving fucking motorbikes, mm. motorbikes, there is a there there is a twin. They have a little tickle of the idea. Yeah, they're like, oh, actually, do I? You know what? What do I really like doing? Riding motorbikes and drinking beer. Or maybe I could be in a in a group of people who like riding motorbikes and drinking beer. But no, you own a American. You own a Harley Davidson. Um, let's, let's let's delve into your little tickle around um, joining an outlaw motorbike gang. That that reality is quickly shattered when when you realise that they're all seventy. That not it's not it's nothing to do with the age. It's to do with the fucking mindset, and they're all fucking right wing lunatics. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and I think and I think that's that that that's the bit that the rom- the romanticized outlaw, it, you know, is they paper over the fact that they're all fucking racist lunatics, right? Well, yeah, of course, because if you if you want to live a um, a lifestyle where you're where the things that you're um, the thing, what's the what's the word? But like the things that you're emulating are like physical strength, um, dominance, um, like living on the margins, um, like self reliance and control and things like that. Yeah. Well, do you know what fascism has all of those things? You know, like also <laughs> loves all of those things. Yeah. Like that's that's what fascists love as well. It's like there's no left wing football hooligans, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, but and, and I, was, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I started writing again, and I was thinking about um, left wing terrorism, and there's just so little like that you can pull on that you can go, oh, this was a left wing organization that turned to terrorism, yeah. um, and it's literally like the Red Army faction in um, in uh, Germany in the seventies, the IRA. And uh, um, and what was oh and the and the Bolsheviks before um, the uh, Russian Revolution and that's it. If ever you want to read some interesting stuff, read read about Stalin before the revolution, what he was up to. He was like he was in the Sons of Anarchy. He was robbing banks. He was kidnapping people, and he was running an extortion network because he was basically like. The, the counterculture to the to the Tsar's regime was left wing. Um, 
the right because the right had everything that they asked for. They had like strong nationalist pride based around a royal family, um, and so but they had to make money, and because they were just existing for them was illegal. They were like, we might as well do this other stuff as well. And uh, there's like a line from Stalin where he's like, um, basically like after the revo- after the revolution, it's something along the lines of, I don't even know if I want there to be a revolution because I'm having the best time there like now, like doing all this stuff. Like, why would I want there to be? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, uh, so yeah, so all of the stuff that you're talking about, all the, but that, that generally appeals to that kind of dominance and authority appeals to fascists. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think yeah, there's a little there's a little flash of it, like the kind of uh, the kind of bromance of uh, of riding motorbikes and getting drunk and listening to rock. We used to be hippies. Like the thing is, they all came out of the motorcycle gangs. All came out of the army. They were all like, we can't live in the real world now. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't they weren't fascists. They were like, we can't live in the real world now. Um, so we have to go and create our own thing. So they're all fucking like hippies who like to get pissed up and then they still like to fight because they will have fucking PTSD from the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's people that go and do it, go and join it. Um, well, should, you know. we, that, should we create a counterculture uh, motorbike gang? No, I don't. I, the problem with the left is a lot of people that, motorbike. a lot of the things that appeal to you if you're left wing are, think, you know, things like solidarity. Problem with the left. Um well, uh, no, I, I generally think it's the reason that the left will never be successful is because they haven't got a killer instinct. They won't, you know, when they when they are successful, aka in um, the Soviet Union, is because they murdered everybody that stood against them. Because the fascists won't stop. Like they they don't care. They, you know, like if you get in their way, it's better, you know, for them to have an enemy to fight. But the left wants, you know, like solidarity and community and egalitarianism and if all of those things appeal to you you probably just don't have it in you to pull the trigger yeah you know there's i mean obviously that there are left-wing organizations that have well i suppose like yeah you know like central america and things like that right so a left-wing uh terrorist organization yes indeed (laughs) terrorist motorbike gang no um i don't think you could have a i don't think you could have a left-wing motor motorbike gang why not? I mean, I think you could. I think you definitely can because you, because there are there are like there's plenty of left wing organisations in America like um, um I can't remember what it's called, but it's called like the it's called something like the Socialist Redneck Gun Club, who are like a um, like Southern rednecks who are all like red marks and Engels and um, like think that they should, we should move to a socialist society. And so they tip up at... Uh, the Black Panthers, actually, is a good example. They were massively socialist, but they were fighting for their lives. And I think that's the thing, is like to have a motorbike gang, you're not really fighting for your life, are you? You're not fighting to just exist. No. You just want to fuck off a bit. I've just thought of loads more um, organisations that you... Left-wing organisations that use violence to... Um, well, the Black Panthers didn't really use violence. That's the thing. They just, by their nature of being um, black and um, willing to stand up against white supremacy, that was the act of violence. Like the fact that they were like, they would get, they would, 
like you want to talk about gun control in America, there was gun control in California when the Black Panthers went to City Hall into the City Hall in Sacramento with weapons and said, We're not gonna move from here until you do something about how the police treat us. And they were like, We're gonna pass some gun control now. Now you will see. And all of the gun control assault weapon bans and stuff like that in California all spring from that. But they just did stuff like they brought weapons because they viewed, they saw that they needed to arm themselves, but they would stand on the corner. And if the police pulled over like a, a black couple in a car, they would stand there with their guns saying effectively, like, we've got our eyes on you and we'll stand up if you do anything. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then of course they got assassinated by the state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? Labour mm. is uh, the uh, biggest threat to national security in mm. America, and it was literally murdered by in Chicago. Um, Bobby Hutton was uh, no Huey Newton was um, uh, drugged and murdered by the Chicago police and the FBI. Just murdered, just outright murdered. Like no, no, he was unconscious. They shot him. Mental. And it's not. That's not even a fucking conspiracy theory. It's like documented evidence. Nothing happened. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Good. Yeah. No, well, that day. <laughs> we all, it just always um as my sister Grace says, every conversation with you, John, um, devolves into one of three topics re education camps and gulags, you getting, as in me, getting chemically castrated or lobotomized, or violent revolution. And so I'm glad to see that this podcast is uh, is pushed out in the same direction. Yeah, of course. Well, we don't want to yeah. back the trend, do we? No. Anything else you want to? Oh, I, I saw a good um, something talking about politics. I saw a good um, idea um, on Twitter, and um, this comes from at Saint Sluggo. Um, Saint Sluggo is a um, he is the seer. <laughs> He is a Discordian. He is the CFO of Antifa. He is a neoclassical trans-left anarcho-decolonialist. Um, and he says, Goddess Eris, bless holy St. Guillotine, he, him, her, master. You know, he, him, master is his uh, pronouns. But he said, um, regarding the phrase, snitches get stitches. He said, um, of snitches get stitches, assumes worst outcome, focuses on disunity, leads with violence his preferred way of um, describing that sentiment is no one talks everyone walks because it's um, camaraderie and solidarity plans to succeed only requirement is to do nothing at all <laughs> uh, uh, that's my politics i love it but i like i fucking like no one walks no one talks everyone walks that's a great phrase very good amazing. very good phrase oh fair play um, so yeah. Oh, good. Well, there we. Go. Oh, I oh, got no, 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 no. Sorry, start... I'm burying the lead. Oh, was... This is a huge one. Oh, what? I was going to say. So we're starting a motorbike gang called uh, "No One Talks, Everyone Walks." Everyone walks. No, that's our motto. Yeah. And but it doesn't really work in a motorbike gang, does it? No one talks, everyone walks. But you got motorbikes. Yeah, no. We mean if we got picked up by the police, so you wouldn't ride your motorbike. No, we would obviously be riding our motorbikes. We just don't ever explain anything. To you. <laughs> Right. In the words of Thatcher, never explain, never apologize. <laughs> so we were we were in the park. This is the last bit and then we'll finish up. Um, we were in the park on Saturday um, walking to get a coffee in the, on Saturday morning. 
through the park and there was an elderly lady, I probably would say she's about mid sixties, maybe 70. She had a dog and her dog did a massive dump on the uh, floor. And so she scooped it up, tied it off in the bag and then just dropped the bag on the floor. And Charlie went, Charlie was going berser. And I was like, can you please just not say anything? And as we were walking down the road, Charlie obviously got annoyed at me. Because uh, she was like, you're not backing me. And I was like, it's not that I didn't back you. You're exactly right. She should have to pick up that shit. But what is going to happen? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to go over there and say, pick it up. What happens when she says no? And it made me think, and I wanted to get your take on this. It made me think that the main difference between men and women is that women's arguments will only ever end in additional arguments. But at some point, as a man, if you want somebody to do something right and they're not doing it, and they're refusing to do it, the last outcome is always violence. And because by nature, you want to avoid the violence, like, I I don't think like I'm going to have to punch a 70 year old woman in the face. But at some point, I'm either going to have to walk away, in which case, I might as well not bother asking her to do the thing in the first place, or I'm going to have to threaten her. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I wanted to get your view on it. No, yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I think, uh, I think, you know, for me, with things like that, like if you're going to get into something with someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're thinking, right, the outcome of this is going to be violence. I don't, I don't think that has to be your no. starting point. But, but if that, if 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 you're, if you still, if you feel so strongly about something, mm. and you know that, like in the Charlie situation, she's fucking, she's got a bang to write. So there's no fucking. She's a hundred percent right. Right. Yeah. So that. So that. That that woman who leaves the shit in the bag in the street, right, walks away from, even if she doesn't take it with her, she walks away from that situation going, that woman's called me a cunt, right, and I've got no fucking comeback, right? I've left a fucking bag of shit in the street, right? Like, at least she knows someone's fucking seen it and and is calling her out on it, and and Mm. next time, she doesn't think she can get away with dropping it in the street. So that I think I think Charlie was was saying that um, what I said was she's seventy and she's just dropped a bag of shit in the street like she's had this argument before and she doesn't give a shit. That. You don't know that because maybe everyone's of your mentality and you're like, oh fuck it, I'm not even going to. Oh, here she comes. She's Eva Perone's coming downstairs now. Um, Charlie's got a, a lovely red summer dress on. Um, we're talking about the lady that dropped the bag of shit in the street. Rick wants to hear your um, your side of the uh, conversation. Can you just tell us, can you just come on mic for two seconds and just explain to Rick what you were feeling? Uh, tell her that I'm on her side as well. If this is- oh, Rick's on your side, by the way, as well. well he, she went like this. <laughs> We were playing Monopoly earlier, and she. Oh, um, Monopoly. Why are you playing we were play- Monopoly? With the kids, with the fucking kids. <laughs> fucking anyone, especially kids. It, it was fucking right. It was hilarious because obviously me and the kids are going around and we're buying the bits and we're having a great time. Charlie's getting progressively more livid. Yes. As the game goes ahead, yeah, she's she's angry, and uh, there was a big wedge of money in free parking. Obviously, we were playing the free parking rules, and I I said to Thea, I went, your mum's going to roll a five in a second and land on free parking, and she's going to be unbearable for the rest of the game. And guess what? I was right. She rolled the five and then just smugly just sat there. But then, the, but actually I was wrong. Well, I was right that she went immediately to smugness. Yeah. There's no happiness with Charlie unless she's smug. 
Um, and she goes but then the issue continued well you've all bought stuff like i was like what do you want me to do like you've bought one thing on a thing no one else is allowed to she's like no one else is allowed to buy another part of that set she's like yeah that's how it works that's not how monopoly works that's not the rules no that's it's not not even the rules it's not the point yeah 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 it's it's polite. She's it's like, it's like opposite mechanics of the game. Of the game. The point of the game, Monopoly was literally invented as a game to teach children that rent seeking is bad. Yeah. Like it a hundred percent was. It's in that book that you it's it was in that book that you brought for Isabel about um like strong women, powerful women from history, the woman who invented the Monopoly game and Hasbro stole it. Well, I obviously did read it to her, Charlie, because I didn't sit there and read it for my own amusement, did I? I've got no interest in powerful women. Live with the most powerful woman there is. Powerful fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, love you. <laughs> so anyway, so she didn't want to come on camera and discuss it. So her, um, she, she all right. I, 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 she, okay. Again, because you say, oh, she's 70, she's done this a million times before. No, because there's a million times before, people like you have gone, oh, she's fucking old. She's, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Right, so the one time someone says something, actually, she must be thinking, oh, fuck, am I going to drop this again and have another argument? Or do I just take the bag of shit with me? I think, I think, I was thinking about it as we've been talking, I was thinking about it, and I think the move would have been, oi, click finger, pick it up. Yeah, pick you it don't up. have to approach. That would have been the move. And I could have done that. And I do that. I do the whistle at people that are doing things they shouldn't be doing. There's some boys being mean to another boy on the um, volleyball court by our house the other day. And they said something to him. And I went, oi, like that. And they all just looked at me. Yeah. And I didn't say pack it in. I just did. <laughs> that's the noise. The opportunity to say pack it in. Mate, we've got no, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. It was the it was the mean mug that I've got because I didn't have my glasses on. So I was squinting at them. See what they were doing, yeah. It wasn't yeah. Right. Oi. Pack it in is the ultimate. No, we're enough and we can say pack it into children now. My we are, I mean I'm that age. My granddad used to say, turn it up. Which I remember saying to him as like a five year old, like, Granddad, what do you do you want me to do it more? Like what doesn't make sense <laughs> but i think it's but it doesn't need to make sense because it's like in the same way that dogs can only understand tone they can't understand the meaning of the words that you say going turn it up they'll go oh i better stop doing that thing because he looks angry and he's showered at me yeah love it mm. well good mm. on charlie i say all right well next time i'm gonna do a oi did she go out turn there? up no, she didn't. We walked away at that point. Because I always say to Charlie, you've never been punched in the face, and it shows. Yeah, well... And then if, the, if Theo's there as well, I go, Theo, because like, he usually... Back, obviously, he's a good boy, backs his mum. He goes... Uh, well, in that case, he backed his mum. Every other case, he wouldn't. Over there. What are you saying? You've got to get punched in the face. Well, I don't really want Charlie to get... And it won't be Charlie that gets punched in the face. It'll be me that gets punched in the face. Uh, no, that's completely fair enough. Yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't mind getting punched in the face. Point in your life, you're probably going to get punched in the face, so you may as well. And it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Think it's going to be, and you may as well save it for something that really fucking you know matters. So, ladies, shagging another man's wife. 
<laughs> Who were we saying the other day when I went to you? Yeah, I'm going to shag your wife. <laughs> about that um oh, who was it about i can't remember oh it was about the man who didn't want to get punched in the face that i defended his wife who got hit by the crutch yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah uh, anyway so um follow us on at good as hell cast on twitter no one follows us do we don't even have access to it everyone who listens to this follows you anyway so it's functionally the same um or please send us in a fucking question we answer Jane Kemp's frankly perfect question. That's the type of that's the. Oh, well, I'm not asking you to say, you know, like, oh, do you think the Treaty of Versailles was too hard on the Germans? Yes, I do think it was. Yeah, I think it was a colonial move. Yeah. Um, I want. Would you rather do a big pee or a big poo? And the answer is obviously big poo. We never got your take on that. You want to do a big poo as well, don't you? Big poo, yeah. Or yeah, anal fixation caused both are. Couple of couple of closeted dads. That's <laughs> an email at good as podcast at gmail.com. Um uh, and just you know, tell a friend. I think we've ousted Master and Commander. I think we've got you think, Rich Brand. Yeah, I think it's big rich. You think it's Rich Brand? He was he was he was he didn't present the kind of defences that I would expect a man to when I have I, you seen the film Zodiac? No. So watch the film Zodiac, but it's very much about you never really know who the Zodiac killer actually is, and there's lots of good suspects. That's that's my our master and commander. That's you know we've got a lot of suspects. I you know I still am. I'm firmly a uh, coming from inside the house. Anyway, I do think it is him though. That <laughs> when I started doing searches on the on the fucking Wu Tang name generator, so <laughs> when I retro engineered the Wu Tang name generator. Rich Brand's name does not come up with Master Conqueror. I'll grant him that, yeah. and that is one line of defence, right? However, right, that his 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 girlfriend's uh, nickname for his penis, right, is uh, Cornelius, and Cornelius does return Master on some. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm convinced it's him. It's Jesus be. Christ. That's like the serial killer getting someone else to lick the envelope when they uh, send in the letter. Cornelius. Uh, well, what's his what was his girlfriend's surname? Uh, I'm not I'm not saying. Well don't say, but put it in now. Cornelius and her surname. Uh, okay. We'll do it now. Well you want me to do it right this second? Yeah. Okay. He is shitting himself right now. If only this is absolutely He's already murdered his girlfriend and he's burning down the house. Gang <laughs> name. The first one that comes up in Google I'm going for. Mm. Now, actually, if he's gone to this level of um, sec ops to um, hide his identity, then for all we know, he's on page 22 of Google. I've got, I got. I can't actually remember what her last name is. Hold on. Oh, how annoying! Oh, got it. Okay. Ooh, they're on tenterhooks.
No, fuck. I don't know how this fucking name generator works because it you can put in the same first name and a different last name and it changes both words. So what's Cornelius come out as? Vulgar contender. Oh. We were close. We were close. That's the thing. When you're investigating a cold case like this, you know, you think you're there and yeah. it's never so enough. Elias Brown is master desperado on the first Wu-Tang name generator that popped up. What, Cornelius Brown is? Cornelius Brown. Okay. Not very Brown Willy. We all do at this age. He's younger than us, actually, isn't he? Yes, yeah. 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 Can you imagine how dark his is going to go? No. He's got Italian blood in him. The older you get, the browner it gets. He's going to have a bronzed Willy. For sure. He is. He is. He doesn't tan well, but where he does tan. <laughs> uh, Rich, well, mm. listen to this, mate. Cause, uh... Rich, why don't you come on an episode out yourself um, like that fella who was deep throat? And. Um, we'll try and get him uh, on. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Hi then. Lots of love. I do. Love you. Just a small town girl. Living in a lonely world He took the midnight train Going anywhere Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train Going Share 